It's the third Thursday of the month, and we're off the bricks and on the air. You're listening to a poetry podcast from Brick Street Poetry. Hey, everyone. This is Sammy, the interviewing toucan. I interview Indiana authors through the Indiana State Library, and I am super excited to be joined today by Indiana author Katie Hesterman. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Sammy. Thanks so much. I'm super excited to be here. Well, we are here today to talk about poetry and specifically poetry for children and my favorite season of the year, which we're in right now, spring. So to start, can you share with us what you think is the most rewarding thing about writing poetry for children? Sure, Sammy. I find writing poetry in and of itself to be rewarding. I love playing with words to find the perfect combinations which I think will bring smiles to my readers. But the most rewarding part is definitely sharing my work. Nothing compares to the energy and excitement of reading my poetry aloud to a group of emerging readers. Kids, when they respond to poetry, you can just see it in their body language and in their eyes, you know, and they don't have any of those social nervousness things that sometimes grownups get. So they really can just be free with how they respond. I like that as well. Can you share with us a few poetic elements that you feel really do resonate well with kids? As a child, I remember enjoying the rhythm of poetry and the excitement of trying to guess what rhyme was coming next. When I write for children, I really like to imagine that they will also enjoy the repetition of sound, as well as the way the poem actually feels in your mouth when you read it aloud. Sometimes a tongue twister is fun, and other times I believe internal rhyme, which is just rhyme within the line of a poem, it's a great poetic device. I also really enjoy it when maybe I'm reading a picture book to kids, sometimes a picture book with lots of rhymes in it, you can actually leave off a word, you know, like you can, I I don't have one in front of me here, but you can say, you know, the fox was uh, going around the house and when he went around the house, he found a, you know, and then the kids get to chime in. What do you think he might find that rhymes with house, Katie? I'm going to go ahead and take a wild stab and guess it would be mouse. Because yes, I would think so, right? That's exactly <laughs> what I was talking about, the anticipation of thinking what rhyme might be coming next. So yeah, I, I think that's a lot of fun too. And something I always keep in mind when working with poetry for children is really just how good it can be for their development. A lot of people know it's really great to sing with kids, but it's really wonderful to do poetry with children because rhyming and that rhythm, it really helps small children to hear the different sounds and words. And it's actually a great way to get them ready to learn how to read. Sammy, I agree completely. My mom was an English teacher, and she loved to read poetry to me when I was very young. And I'm really convinced that my early exposure to poetry led me to develop my language skills, and it it instilled in me a love for the rhythm and rhyme of poetry. You know, same, same with me. Um, We had a lot of Shel Silverstein in my house growing up, and another great one is Jack Perletsky. And I know that I'm kind of, I'm dating myself in my house. I really mean in my nest, of course, but, (laughs) um, but okay, Sammy. Right, exactly. But they were, it it was just really fun to, to see how people play with words. 
and similar to how I think how some people really get into music nowadays, you know, poetry gives those those same benefits really, which is really fun. I agree. And Shel Silverstein was a favorite of mine as well. Yes, he's so great. Mm -hmm. So before we get to your poems, because we're going to have you read a few of your poems today, your debut book is called A Round of Robins. And I personally love this book because it so perfectly encapsulates the joy and the drama and even, even just the risks involved and just living life for birds out there, you know, and as a bird myself, I just really appreciate it when authors are intentional and they're sympathetic towards birds. So my question is really, did you do a lot of research on birds or on robins in particular before you wrote this book? Well, Sammy, that's really a great question. I would call my book kind of a hybrid between fiction and nonfiction. The actual Robin family, for instance, is purely fictional, but the elements that make up the story, like the ones that describe details of the nesting process, egg laying, and raising hatchlings, are, they're entirely nonfiction. So I guess my answer to your question is a lot of research actually goes into each one of my little poems. I spend hours reading books, watching video clips, observing robins in nature, because that's fun too, and listening to their different and distinct songs. If you'd like to hear some bird songs for yourself, I highly recommend the Cornell Lab of Ornithology's website, and you can find a link to it on my webpage, katiehesterman.com. Oh, that's super fun. I didn't know that they had, is it like a bird call library kind of? It is. It's very, it's very interesting and informative. It has a wide variety of different bird songs. And then it kind of tells you how to listen to the song and how to compare it maybe to a word. So you can actually start to understand the song and possibly repeat it yourself. It's just a really cool website. You know, when you say that, it makes me think of bird calls that I think people have heard about, you know, like we hear Bob White, Bob White, Bob mm -hmm. White, but the bird doesn't really say Bob White, right? Exactly. Or, or Whippoorwill, Whippoorwill. Uh -huh. That's interesting. So speaking of going out and listening to birds, can you tell us, do you know what's going on out there right now in Indiana with birds? What's happening in this part of the season? Absolutely. I think spring in Indiana is really a magical time for our feathered friends. And if you get the chance to spend some time outside, you'll notice the robins returning to neighborhoods. Soon you'll be able to hear Papa Robin's cheery song as he picks out his turf and he warns his others, hey, this spot is taken. And then after that, you'll begin to see the robins carrying bits of twigs and grass and sometimes even random things like string a ribbon as they start their nest building process. It's really such an exciting time and it gives us a preview of what's coming next. Hatchlings! Yay, hatchlings! Yay. Well, let's go ahead and uh, dive into a few of your poems. Which one do you want to start with? Well, since I already told you a little bit about nest building, how about I jump ahead and explain a little about mama's job brooding the eggs. So the first poem I'd like to read to you is called Red Hot Mama. A heater hides on mama's chest to warm each egg inside her nest. With sensor set at incubate, in just a dozen days she'll make four little ones all set to hatch an up and coming birdie batch. I really love in this poem, I love your use of the word incubate. 
which really is the word incubate. Exactly. And I just, I think it's really exciting to have that poetic license to play with the words. Do you remember anything specific about actually writing that line? Playing words is, playing with words is something that I really do enjoy. In fact, sometimes I refer to poetry as simply playing with words. So incubate was a really fun word to create. It looks and sounds like you said so much, like it's real word equivalent, incubate. And incubate, the real word, describes the process of mama keeping the eggs warm or baking them. Right. So, to, so her little ones can eventually hatch. So um, as a fun extra, I just wanted to explain what the brood patch is. It's mm -hmm. um, actually an area without feathers on mama's chest that magically appears when she sits on her eggs and it kind of acts like a heating pad it comes in direct contact with the eggs and it keeps them at the perfect temperature science gosh i just love that <laughs> amazing please join us in thanking today's off the brick sponsor this spring, young readers everywhere are flocking to the Indiana Young Reader Center to learn more about the state of Indiana through reading and beautiful illustrations. The Indiana Young Reader Center has many books to offer curious minds who want to learn more about the state they call home and the authors and illustrators who nest here too. Ask a trusted adult to bring you to the Indiana Young Reader Center for a fun and educational afternoon. You can find a link to more information about the IYRC in the description box below this podcast. We hope to see you soon. Now, let's get back to some more poetry. So how about a couple more poems? All right, I'd love to read a few more. I'm going to read a few that have the fun poetic device that I mentioned earlier, um, internal rhyme. And the first one, Welcome to the World, also gives me the opportunity to mention that when baby birds are hatching from their nest, they have a special tool that helps them called an egg tooth, and it's attached to the outside of their beak, and it helps them find their way out into the world. So here is my first poem, Welcome to the World. Pit, pit, an eggshell chip, peck peck a bright blue fleck tweak tweak a peeking beak cracked all unpacked mm. can i mention something katie sure. um i think that when we think of the idea of spring a lot of times we do think about birth and rebirth you know there's all these spring holidays that celebrate this mm -hmm. and i think when we think about birds hatching out of eggs a lot of times we think of that cartoon, you know, like the egg is just going to crack open and fall open, but that's not what it's like at all, right? It really isn't. I mean, it takes some serious work for that little baby to kind of peck their way through into the world. And it, it takes a little bit of time. It, it doesn't happen in just one magical um, break. It takes right. Definitely take some time. Yeah, I've actually seen chickens hatch, and it's so fascinating to see their little egg teeth, egg teeth, egg tooths too. And sometimes they even, it's almost like they're making a perforated circle around their entire egg to kind of get that big hatch ready. But then it's just pushing and pushing and pushing. You know, you think of birth, you think of pushing. They're pushing with those big legs. Exactly. It's yeah. a lot of work. Should we do another poem? Sure, I'd love to read another poem. The next poem is called Full House. Beaks wide open, eyes closed tight. Wobble, bobble, heads upright. 
patchy bodies, missing feathers, cuddle, cuddle, close together. Mm. So Katie, I, you know, as a bird, I don't actually remember being a little, <laughs> a little baby toucan chick, but I love this poem because I feel like it really captures that fragility of a brand new baby bird, you know, um, mm. All your word choices paint this picture of a little family just beginning. I like um, wobble and bobble. And just the idea of a patchy body makes you feel like, you know, that little guy is going to need some help, right? Definitely. They really are very fragile. They don't look anything like their adult version for sure. And they, you can just tell they're going to need a lot of care to make it to that full grown mama or papa robin. What are the first few days of a baby robin's life like? Hmm. I guess I would have to say, I think those first few days can really best be summed up by another line from my book. And that is sleeping, eating, then repeating. Because mm -hmm. believe it or not, baby robins can eat almost every half an hour from sunrise to sunset. And if you think about that for a minute, um, you could translate that to in a brood of four, for a brood of four, about a hundred meals a day that mama and papa robin are bringing to their babies i really don't know how they do it oh that just sounds so exhausting <laughs> how does nature work you know no and i guess that's why we're so lucky we have humans or we 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 yeah we have humans around us you know those of us that are humans um <laughs> because we have things like poetry to like get us through days of work and that are, yeah that are rough and long, extra tough you're right no, but I guess the, the robins have their robin song maybe that helps them get through their days that probably does help a little bit mm -hmm. how about a couple more poems Katie the first one I'm going to read is called pop patrol a high-speed chase is underway dad swoops then strikes he'll make them pay to crows and jays dad sends a shout invade my space i'll bounce you out mm. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like pop is a tough guy he's pretty sassy and he's he actually is acting that way so he can protect his babies it's understandable because there are a lot of a lot of predators out there that um would want to harm his babies unfortunately Right. And if they are constantly having to feed those little guys, you know, like they're, they're busy, they got stuff going on. And the last thing they need is some Jay coming into their territory and getting in their way. Exactly. Yeah. You want to do another one? Sure. I'd love to read another one. How about just wing it? Beaks reach to sky, wings flap, flap, try. One, two, three, fly. There's so much joy in that little thing. Do it one more time for us. Sure. Beaks reach to sky, wings flap, flap, try. One, two, three, fly. I love that we try and then we get to fly. You know, it's kind of a great metaphor for life. I mean, the, sometimes you just have to get back up and keep trying. Mm -hmm. and, and you might end up with an amazing result. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a good metaphor for life and also just for writers in general. So oftentimes writers feel like they have, you know, they have something that they're working on, but they kind of spin around that idea and they don't just tackle it and try to get it done. So 
you know, we've, we've got to, we've got to give it a try before we can fly as riders. Exactly. I love the way you said that. I mean, I can definitely relate to that in my own personal work. Um, just watching a project that I'm working on kind of evolve and change and get stronger and better through the entire process of revision. Mm-hmm. Kind of fun to see. Yeah. Well, I'm going to invite you to read one more poem and then we can, uh, you know, keep going. Okay. The next one's called Here They Grow Again. Empty nesters, not so soon. Dad retweets his tough turf tune. Mama builds her second layer, plucks and tucks with utmost care. Eggs, you bet. She lays four more, turquoise blue, just like before. Then in just a dozen days, Welcome to the World Replays. And I don't have the book in front of me. Is this the last, is this the last poem in the book? It is the last poem in the book. It's kind of divided in a um, page turn. So you're seeing mom and dad getting ready with and building their new nest. And then it turns the page and you see the the new baby bird attaching and the world replaying. So I was really fascinated by the fact that they, do they build an entirely new nest for their second brood? Do you know? Not always, but sometimes they do. Interesting. Um, yeah. And especially if they feel like the area that their first nest has been in or was in has been a little bit compromised, mm-hmm. probably will stay within the same turf, but they're going to pick a different tree and kind of start over again. That's fascinating to me. You know, and I just can't believe that they hatch in just 12 days. You know, I'm a toucan. And for my species, it's about 16 to 20 days. And I know for chickens, it's more like 21 days. So 12 seems so short. It's less than two weeks. I know what you mean. That's a lot of growing and changing in a really short time. And speaking of short time frames, did you know that a robin hatchling only stays in the nest for about 13 days? In less than two weeks, hatchlings grow from helpless to fledgling. And soon after that, they're on their own. But I think it's probably because mom and papa have some new business to tend to. It's really crazy, but it's true that a pair of robins can raise two or sometimes three broods of babies in one nesting season. That's pretty incredible. Man, let's hear it for birds. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I love that. Katie, do you have favorite things about spring? For me, spring is a festival of the senses. Each sight and sound and smell is just so vivid in spring. Grass is the richest emerald green, daffodils and tulips. I love to watch them dance to the rhythm of silent breezes. And if you listen closely, I think you might even hear them whisper, pick me, pick me. That's just what I tell myself. Plus, I love that the songbirds are returning to the neighborhoods with their cheerful and chirpy tunes. And of course, the smells of spring are amazing too. Mm -hmm. I just love how the scent of freshly mowed grass mixes with the sweet smells of hyacinth, lilac, and lily of the valley. Mm, I just love spring. All of that, it just gives you so much to look forward to just when you walk outside your door, you know, and if, um, I know we have lots of friends out there that don't have backyards but there's so many great parks in our state of Indiana. And I just want to encourage everyone to get out there in nature and take a smell and take a look and, and uh, put your nose in a flower and put your ear up to listen to the birds, right? Yes, for sure. 
it's, this is definitely the time to be out and about and enjoying nature. You know, and this is something that we haven't really talked about much, but I know that um, writing poetry about nature is a long standing, it's just been around forever. I don't know. I don't know what the first poem was that anyone ever wrote, but I would bet that it was about nature. I would guess you could be right because nature is just so inspiring. Mm -hmm. It is. Do you ever um, go on a nature walk to get inspired to write poetry? I do. And I also spend time sitting in my backyard, listening to the birds. I did a lot of observation, actually, when I was writing my book, Around of Robins. Um, it was just super fun in the springtime to watch those little baby robins, which I affectionately call speckled plumpies, <laughs> as they hop in and out, as they hopped in and out of the fountain in my backyard. It was just so cute to see. Aww. So Katie, is there anything else happening for you? Do you have anything on the new horizon on the horizon that we should know about? Well, I'm always working on new projects. Uh, right now I'm in the middle of a squirrel story and it's one that highlights tree squirrels and, and kind of their fun facts through a collection of what I hope are lively and informative poems. Oh, I love, I love watching squirrels. You know, I feel like during this crazy time that we've been living through in this past year, I feel like a lot of people have paid more attention to what's going on outside. And I have totally noticed that I've got like a little family of wild squirrels that are really close to me. And they have some funny antics, you know, they are very entertaining. And yeah, they're just so energetic and resourceful. And really fun to watch. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been so fun, Katie. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I really hope we get to talk to again together soon. Thank you, Sammy. It's been a real pleasure. Yes, we need to chat again. And I just want to say, don't forget to spend some time outside. Enjoy the beauty of spring. It's Yay. here. Yay. Happy spring, Katie. Thank you. Happy spring to you, Sammy. Bye-bye. Bye. Time to pause for a natural moment with a bit of poetry focusing on our non-human world. Today's natural moment poem comes from Avian Sweet a composition of poetry and music produced by Brook Street Poetry. Morning Dream by Phoenix Cole. I woke up to a dream canopied in a tower of doves, the tawny grayness of it all, blurred one into another, into one, I listened as their fluted solos serenaded the sun until its glory shone, splitting rays of life onto the horizon. Men gathered with their sun catchers, intertwined and stretched across the sky to harness its power of provision and keep the night at bay. Arcarenas and panpipes tweeted and whistled while the sun began to dance. Colors of blue, yellow, red, and green 
bounce in rhythm with the busyness of the day. Dove wings flapping, enchants echoing, sacrifices scattered, sage vapors swirling, purifying the earth and my thoughts. I saw the morning dove lined along the tree branches, preening and puffing their feathers, singing a blush golden love song, signaling to the world that real love doesn't burn in the heat of the desert or drown under the salty waters of the ocean, nor will it freeze in the Arctic Northlands. It stands strong, unwavering against the blisterly gales. I floated through the air, my mind unburdened, like the ancestors that follow in the shadows, guiding without touching, speaking truth inside the wind, their spirits felt when our hearts are open, sharing their secrets to create a habitat for wisdom. The way dove fledglings to carry the past of hope and love into the future. I woke up and peace flew past my window, cooing in the morning breeze, foraging on the moist dirt, gathering seeds and grit, fluttering in the water, reminding me to cherish each day that is given. This program would not have been possible without the help of our creators and creatives. Our signature music is composed and performed by Iona Wagner. Off the Bricks appreciates the support of Indiana Humanities and the National Endowment for the Humanities, who have made this podcast possible. We will be releasing new episodes every third Thursday of each month, so keep an ear out for us. Thank you for joining us, poets and poetry lovers. It poetry enriches our day and enlightens us about ourselves and the world. Join us again the third Thursday of the month as we bring you poetry off the bricks.